Hello and welcome back to Booch Ball. I'm your host, Alex McGuire, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Freed. Freed, how you doing over there? Alex, I'm good. I can hear the madness in your voice. You're going crazy. It's March. We're all nuts. I've got March madness fever, Freed. I'm sick in the brain for basketball. Freed, welcome back to Boochball episode 12, coming at you in the middle of the off season. But Freed, there's never an off season when it comes to college sports. It's Selection Sunday, baby. Sure is. Episode 12, the Dirty Dozen, we made it. Here we are. <laughs> we sure did. We're a 12 seed, Freed. We're a 12 seed. Don't count us out. The 12 over the 5 seed is the most common upset, isn't it? Episode 12 upset. And like you said, Alex, booch ball never rests. Football's a little slow. Spring season's around the corner. But it's March madness. We had a college basketball season. Did you watch much? Uh, Free, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't watch very much college basketball this season. And that's a little shameful uh, as a former member of the storm surge Miami student section. I didn't watch much either. It's tough out here. You know, in Texas, we don't get the local TV. I don't have ACC network because Comcast Xfinity is a piece of shit. Agreed. And they just can't agree to get them on TV. So I'm stuck with the big 12. I got to, you know, follow my boys at Texas tech and been watching a little big 12 basketball, but the ACC, I just, I'm, I'm not plugged in this season. Yeah, well, we're, we're a little out of it. So that's why we're very excited to have an exclusive interview with Cal Friedman later on in the show. Cal is a member of the WVUM sports broadcasting team at the University of Miami. Before we hear from Cal, why don't we go ahead and start the first segment of the show, Freed? That is, of course, what we're drinking what we're drinking all right freed tell us what we have up on the kombucha docket we're drinking health aid pomegranate not to be confused with the granite rock Mm. and the pom-poms of the cheerleaders the pomegranate aka the chinese apple is a red fruit is that true the chinese apple i think (laughs) jujulet The Chinese apple. Wow. I was just saying to Freed uh, before we started today that if I had to, if I was in a spelling bee and someone told me to spell pomegranate, I would be wrong. (laughs) P-O-M-E-G-R-A-N-A-T-E. So the granite and pomegranate is spelled differently than granite the rock. Than the rock. Good to know. Yeah. Well, now I know. So pomegranates are a weird fruit because they're they have healthy. they're healthy yeah well they, they they have like antioxidants and stuff but they've they've got like this grapefruit type sh- like size where they're encasing a bunch of little tiny seeds like what a strange fruit like where do pomegranates even come from i think the obvious answer there is trees but Let's take a step back. Have you ever eaten a fresh pomegranate before? Have you have you unbuckled the shell and popped the seeds out? Yes, I've, I've done that. And I know that there's the special trick is that you have to open it in a bowl of water. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the way to get all the seeds out. 
Um, Cause yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It takes like a half hour just to, to get a few seeds out. And that's the key. You those open things are called, what are they called? Areoles or rolls? Areolas? Areolas. <laughs> They're called something. All right. I'm looking up pomegranate right now. Okay. It's a fruit bearing deciduous shrub. And the fruit split opens to reveal the clusters of juicy gem like seeds on the insides. Called? Damn. This one is like the plant. Okay. An open pomegranate fruit. It's called an testa. A real. A R I L. A real. Botanically, the edible fruit is a berry with seeds and pulp produced from the ovary. The ovary freed. We weren't that far off with areolas. That's hot. <laughs> from the ovary of a single flower. The fruit is intermediate in size between a lemon and a grapefruit in diameter with a rounded shape and a thick reddish husk wow a real a r i l the plural arils that's a great five letter word i play this five letter word game with my dad shout out to tubby and it's like a guessing word game and he would never get that i'm i'm gonna email that to myself as a reminder a real a r i l that's really interesting yeah because pomegranates are so weird because you, you eat them expecting them to be like super just juicy but then they have like a big seed in the middle of them yeah it's a little crunch but you i mean you swallow that right i mean i just i eat it yeah i think so it kind of reminds me of like a chia seed yeah you ever had those kombucha ever seen that kombucha where it has like the chia seeds in i like those back when i was doing my home brewing i actually used to make a chia jelly that i'd put in sometimes that was the first kombucha that i ever had it was a some something like raspberry chia seed yeah. kombucha and i got it and i thought that that was what kombucha was and in my first sip of it it was like the slimy chia seeds just like into my mouth and i was like, nice texture i mean it's it's like you, have you ever gotten like the mama chia packets that you like slurp down hydrated chia seed it's like very gelatinous it has the same density as water it just kind of floats hovers in there kind of reminds me of a freaking pomegranate a real so speaking of arils, how about this pomegranate health aid that we got here? I just checked out the ingredients. This is as straight as it gets. 10% juice. We got our normal health aid kombucha, and we got 10% pomegranate juice. Let's go ahead and pop open the top here for you, do a little subtle inversion, and let's take our sniff test. Sniff test. You know, I haven't had kombucha in probably three or four weeks. This is like the longest boochless stretch of my life over the past few years. That's what happens when we don't do the show on a weekly basis, Freed. I know. I know. But that's good. That means you you have a clean palate. I do. Hungry for booch. I'm hungry for booch. I've had like half of a peanut butter jelly sandwich today. That's all I've had. So bottoms Cheers. up, Freed. To the Aril. To the Aril. I don't taste a whole lot of flavor. It tastes almost like an original kombucha. There's a little bit of sweetness, but when you think of it, do you really know what a pomegranate tastes like? It doesn't really have a strong flavor. No, it doesn't. But I have to say, I, I quite enjoy this. It's really good. It's understated. Def- it's yeah. smooth. I think I've had some pomegranate stuff in the past, and maybe it's like, I feel like pomegranate's like slightly better. Yes. I've done a homemade pomegranate kombucha before and I used a lot of juice and it was a little bitter. 
This is real nice. All right. So on the side of it, there is a pomegranate uh, fruit that is bouncing on a pogo stick. And it says, pomegranates are out of this world delicious. And that's all we add to our organic and raw pomegranate kombucha. That pomegranate on the pogo stick looks slightly sexual. I'm not sure what they're trying to show us here with these arils. Well, there's, uh, there don't appear to be any arils in the actual picture. It's just the, out, the reddish outer husk. Oh, that's a whole pomegranate. Yeah. Kinky. <laughs> just look at look at the top look at the top of that thing Why I, I must I, I've been watching too much Big Mouth on uh, Netflix yeah seriously just, I'm just why, overly sexualized right now why is it hopping on a pogo stick what does that have to do with it being out of this world delicious don't you think they would make it into an astronaut or something the first two letters of pomegranate are the first two letters of pogo that is a stretch. That is about as far as we can go. <laughs> it's a major stretch. But all right. All right, Fried. Well, that's a, that's a pretty tasty brew, I have to say. So we already told you this is our 12th episode of Booch Ball, but this is our fourth health aid. We did lemon ginger with Bobby James. We did water malone. And we did the holiday cheers, which was one of my favorites for the record. I'm liking what Health Aid is putting down here. This is some good stuff. Health Aid, I think, is my go-to kombucha. Like when I see a Health Aid in the store, I'm going Health Aid. I think for me, it goes Health Aid, then Synergy, then Brew Doctor, then Kavita. Those are the four macro brands of across the nation that we've been featuring and to me, GT's Synergy is on par. They're, GT's and Health Aid are 1A to me. Those two are right there. But definitely a step above Brew Doctor. And Kavita is just not even in the same ballpark. Yeah, no. They're, they're in the parking lot outside. All right, Freed. Well, ready to talk some uh, college hoops? Yeah, Freed. Well, we've told the good people, the Boochies and the Boochers, what we're drinking it's now time for a special guest edition of What We're Thinking. What We're Thinking. All right, so we got Cal Friedman on with us. Cal is probably not my cousin. He's joining us live from the University of Miami. Cal, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, um, I'm a sophomore at the University of Miami, um, majoring in broadcast journalism. Uh, my main job right now is I'm part of the sports team at WVUM 90.5 FM, which broadcasts um, flagship for Hurricanes baseball and Hurricanes women's basketball. But also we broadcast football, men's basketball, volleyball, soccer, etc. And this past year, I really got involved with covering um, UM's ba- basketball teams, men's and women's respectively. Awesome. Uh, so I found you on Twitter a week or two ago. I don't remember how or why, but I saw a retweet from somebody or something. And I thought a, a Friedman in Miami basketball, that's awesome. Uh, so where can the people follow you? Um, people can follow me on my Twitter is usually where I'm most active for anything news related. Um, it's at Friedman underscore Cal. Love it. All right. So uh, the Bucci's out there, give Cal a follow for some Canes hoops. Let's get the ball rolling. The season for Miami is over. What were your takeaways of this basketball season? I mean, the biggest takeaway that we had is that we never saw this Miami team fully healthy playing together. From the start of the season, we had injuries to Earl Timberlake. Elijah Olani wasn't cleared until midway through the season. Chris Likes was injured two games into the season and a sprained ankle turned into a season-ending injury. 
Um, Cameron McGusty missed time. Um, we did see some solid development from some of our sophomores this year. Isaiah Wong and Anthony Walker both turned into some really solid players. Wong, one of the best players in the ACC this year. Walker looks like he can really be a force in his junior year. But at the end of the season, ultimately, more questions left than answered. Absolutely. So, Cal, that was one thing I wanted to bring up to you because I was perusing your uh, your Twitter timeline here. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to read off from one of your tweets saying this, there's problems when you recruit two four-star freshmen and both leave within one season, whether it's frustration from losing lack of patience or an issue among players and coaching staff, it doesn't look good. Miami could realistically lose eight players from the start of 2020. Tell us a little bit more about that. What, what are you kind of hearing out of the program right now about, about a lot of the people we're seeing leaving? See, See, I actually don't know as much as a lot of other guys do, but overall, from what we had heard from Coach Larinaga within the last week, he had dinner with three potential guys who could be leaving. He had dinner with Chris Like, Sam Wardenberg, and Dan Gack. He also met with Earl Timberlake and Harlan Beverly the other week and said that both were in good spirits. And then we wake up this morning and we hear that Earl Timberlake will leave the program um, via transfer and Apparently, Chris Likes is linked to Georgetown, which I hadn't heard of up until today. Really? But yeah, that one, would, that one would surprise me a lot because I feel I felt like the most confident about Chris potentially coming back because of what he's done for this program. Sure. And I didn't think that he'd want to go out on this. But I mean, like I said, more questions left than answered. We'll have to see on all that. So let's take a quick step back here. Because frankly, we've been talking about football for the past year. We haven't really been tied into basketball and we haven't been discussing basketball much on on this show and unfortunately because of the season that Miami's been having I think a lot of our followers are kind of on the same page where they've kind of ridden off this season in the middle of the season freshman player Matt Cross left the team did you ever hear why that was I heard multiple different things about it and I think the best way to say it is that he and head coach Jim Laranega were on the same pace. Cross, I should say, was recruited by Chris Caputo, who's our associate head coach. And when he got into this program, he never truly saw eye to eye. And it just was something that never worked out. Interesting. Well, that was, I mean... I've heard multiple... Sorry, I mean to cut you off. I've heard multiple different things about that story. Gotcha. Well, so that was the first big loss. And then this second one, you know, with with Timberlake, Mm -hmm. he was the highest ranked recruit on the roster. He was the prize of last year's recruiting class. And he was someone that everyone was really looking at to build around next season. When you see transfers like this, is it too soon to say the coaching staff has issues or are we thinking this might just be a coincidence that everyone's kind of possibly on the way out? I mean, I'm very interested to see what happens is what I would say at the very least, because going into the season. So every time we do notes for games for a broadcast, one of the main staff that we had is that Miami were one of eight schools from a high major conference, which is either the power five, you know, ACC, Pac-12, SEC, and the Big East that didn't lose a transfer from last season's roster. And we've lost two freshmen from our recruiting class. So clearly I think something went wrong with the recruits. I don't know whether it was because of the coaching staff. I don't know whether it was because of the two players individually this isn't something normal, though. Miami are not used to seeing this many players transfer out. I get it's only two right now. But this isn't like a problem that we've seen repeat. We've seen an injury problem the last couple of years. That's for sure. You could say that there's been a problem with some of the offense. But I'd never say that there's been a problem with like a bad culture here forcing players out. 
For sure. Typically Miami has been the beneficiary of transfers. If anything, mm-hmm. we've seen guys leave like James Palmer going to Nebraska. He was just in a backlog of, you know, too many guards. Same with uh, Manu LeCompte going to Baylor. Like there was just a backlog of too much talent. We mm-hmm. haven't seen really an issue like this. And it's kind of unprecedented in times because the seniors are allowed to come back due to this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird that we have to recruit these seniors to stay almost. And it just seems to me like if most of these seniors aren't staying, then there's a problem. And then you take the next step of someone like Isaiah Wong, who had really an amazing year. I mean, I didn't watch much, but just looking at his numbers, he scored more points per game than anybody since Alex and I had been at school, which is, you know, <laughs> 10 years yeah. now. Yeah, um, you're, you dated yourself with that Manu LeCompte reference, Freed. Yeah. So I guess, Cal, just, just for, for your knowledge, our sophomore year was the 2012-2013 year Man. with – Shane Larkin. The, I was gonna say that was the year. That was yeah, the that, year. that was the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was the best time to be. That's that's when students would actually not only be allowed to go to games, but actually stay for games. <laughs> that <laughs> didn't that didn't happen last year. Yeah, those, those were good year. times in the program, and and we were mm-hmm. fortunate to be there. But you know, on that note, what's it, what was it like at campus uh, this year? Just not necessarily just in sports, but in general, what was it like to be at the University of Miami in a pandemic year? So different so different just with every with every little bit of interaction that you had so for example last year i was in category five which is the student government organization for sports that works together to run like events at games and basically raise the um you know raise the morale for team sports here which is a great organization but last year as a freshman the events that we put on were at the stadium they were at hard rock we'd be you know getting fans involved there, getting students involved, helping freshmen, you know, see how they want to get to games, attend games, everything about that. And this year, because students weren't allowed at any games, we were forced to hold like our pre-games on campus. And with some of the freshmen that were working those events with Cat5, and even some of the freshmen that were going to the events, I just kept looking at them like, you have not seen this campus yet. You have not seen Miami yet. Like you don't understand what's going on with all this stuff, it's, it's total night and day. It's the weirdest thing. That's interesting from that perspective, hearing about freshmen who really haven't had a chance to experience Miami for what it really is. Cause that could be something that can, that can hurt when you're trying to build up that groundswell of new super fans that are going to be coming in. I'm like drawing parallels between that and like the freshmen on the basketball team that are heading out because it's oh, yeah. a similar similar situation it feels like whether you're a student or a part of the of the Miami basketball team you're just not getting that full experience this year yeah I mean I talked to some of the players about it because like some teams in the ACC held their um crowds to limited attendance Florida State did it uh Louisville were allowing fans but Miami were one of a couple that just didn't have any fans in attendance and you know some of the players just said it was weird Mm-hmm. It was just different. For some, it helped. Anthony Walker actually t- said that, um, like, kind of takes the nerves off because he's very ner- he got very nervous before games of his freshman year. Yeah. But he it actually helped him a little bit overall. It's just such a different experience to not have any. You know, you have to make your own noise. I think was the biggest thing that I took away from this year as a team. There's no crowd to get behind you when you make a couple of good plays for you to you know ride some motivation on. Basketball's a game of you know motiv- motivation momentum. I'd say. Yep. So when a team goes on a run, the crowd is a big part of it, whether it's 
limited capacity or sold out. And without that, Miami really had to like motivate themselves, which is something they did in the ACC tournament. I saw like the bench was as excited, as loud as it was all season. Interesting. Yeah. That, that's a cool point. Cause yeah, for, you're definitely right. College basketball, especially way more than pro is so momentum based in the Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw the stat on Duke earlier this year, I, I hate to transition away, but like Duke lost those two early season games at home. And it's like, I think that was the earliest Duke had ever lost two home games since like Coach K's second year. And he's been there for 40 plus, it feels like. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's totally different. So looking forward to this tournament, do you have any dark horse picks, favorite picks, not so favorite picks? What, what do you have for Ooh. us in terms of projections? Ooh, that's a lot. See, are we, <laughs> if we're talking, to, if we're talking dark, dark horse teams, are we thinking like three, four seeds that could go all the way? Or are we talking like Cinderella stories right here? Up to you. Exclusively um, 12 seeds. Exclusively 12 <laughs> seeds. I mean, well, it, I mean, it's going to be very hard to pick against Georgetown right now. Um, I don't uh-huh. know where they'll be seated, but I mean, they're the Big East champs going into that tournament with a losing record and they're playing the best. I mean, Obviously, any team that wins their conference championship is playing the best basketball they've played all season. But Georgetown were under 500 going into the Big East tournament and have knocked off two of the better teams in the Big East. And that's a good conference. So I think it's, I mean, they're a popular pick because, you know, they're Georgetown. Like everyone, like people know Georgetown. It's not like, um, yeah. just an example, like George Mason, like when Coach Larnega led George Mason all the way. Like they're a popular school. But at the same time, people know the issues they've had throughout this season. They've lost a couple players the last couple of years. But Ewing's got something going up there. So it's going to be very hard to pick against them. There's also a lot of teams that are like power five schools that I think can make deep runs. Um, Texas, to me, are someone that either crashes out in the first round or makes it to the Elite Eight, no question. There's no in between, though, because that team has the potential to – I mean, when you have Coleman scoring a career high – and you have your bigs playing as good as if you watch the Oklahoma State-Texas game the other night. I mean, that team can play. And Oklahoma State are good, too. Those are two very good teams. But to me, Texas, it's like if they make it out of the first round, okay, because that's been their issue the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know how good Shaka Smart is in March. He did it all countless time and time again. True. And he could do it again with Texas here. All right. I love that. Hey, I got a question. Why is Gonzaga good at basketball? Oh, well, they have one of the best coaches, and just recently they've really started to recruit well. I mean, Jalen Suggs is going to be a top 10 pick, and to me, this Gonzaga team, I hate to pick the first, like the number one seed, like the first overall seed. I usually don't like picking them just because it feels, you know, basic. It doesn't, you don't get the excitement that you usually get in March. But I've done it twice before, or well, I've done it once before. I did it when Duke had Zion. RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish because that team seemed unbeatable. I get very similar like feels from this Gonzaga team. Um, I get, you know, they, you say, you know, they're 26 and 0, but they didn't really play anyone all year. They played teams in the start of the year when teams were fully healthy and they beat up on, you know, Texas, North Carolina. I think it'd be Iowa throughout this year. Like they have good wins. That is a good team that has scoring from so many different spots, whether it's, you know, Suggs, carrying the load like he did late the other night. Their bigs have scored throughout the season. Ayayi is a great player off the bench for them. The only thing that they don't have is like a truly good defense, but when they score the ball as efficiently as they do and as they're as well coached, it's going to be hard to beat them this year. 
but I find it hard to believe that that undefeated team is going to be able to keep it going. There's just going to be so much pressure on them. Mm-hmm. But I, I fully agree with everything you're saying. I mean, just looking at the numbers, Gonzaga's the team. Clearly. I mean, we're in March. Anything could happen here. Anything could happen here. We saw a couple, we saw a couple of years ago, Virginia were the number one overall seed and lost to a 16 seed. And then the next year had pretty much the same roster and won national championship, won it all. Mm-hmm. So anything, anything can happen. The reigning um, champs. They are the reigning <laughs> champs. We didn't have it last year. Uh-huh. Oh man, I that was so weird not having March Madness last year. I'm so happy. Like today, today is Selection Sunday. I'm so excited for that. I'm just excited to just. I mean, the first frat, the first days of the tournament is the best because 100. You're. I mean, last time I had it was my senior year in high school and. If your teachers didn't know you were watching March Madness during their class, you weren't doing <laughs> it right. You were you you either thought you could get away with it or you weren't upfront with them. Yep. <laughs> because my teachers would know that that would be the first time that my phone's out on my desk all year and there's a game on here. Like there's a there's some five there's some five twelve or four versus thirteen game on right oh, now. Yeah. And everyone, like half the class is doing the same thing too. Oh yeah. That was all the best part. Now you guys are so back in, back in Friedenized day, we had to go down to the computer lab in the library (laughs) to watch our games. Oh Oh, man, if it wasn't blocked. Well, the good thing was CBS.com wasn't blocked on my high school computers. So I was allowed to like everybody, you just would go downstairs during a free period and the whole, like just the whole group would come down. All just watching basketball. So is right? so is that your equivalent of like what our crack streams is nowadays? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Like so <laughs> I was gonna wonder because CBS historically has had it for free, I think, as long as you yeah. have a cable this subscription. Is... is that gonna keep going or is Paramount Plus gonna like snap up the basketball access? I, I don't know, really. I was gonna say this is the first year. Um fortunately one of my good friends on my floor has Paramount Plus and has basically said, Whenever you wanna come over and have the games on, I'll have the games on. So but it's all very interesting what's going on just with sports media in general right now with um, all the rise of the streaming networks. Um, Disney has a deal with the SEC now. Um, the NHL is going back to ESPN because yeah. NBCSN is going to f- not be a thing in a couple of years because they're, go- they're going to move entirely to Peacock. Mm. We'll see how much Paramount Plus actually dominates college basketball now. But it's, yeah. so, it's so different than what it was three years ago, let alone like when you guys were here, like <laughs> from three, from three years ago, yeah, it's totally different now. That's some great basketball insight right there from Cal Friedman from WVUM sports. Yes, sir. Yeah. Cal, uh, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on with us. We won't keep you all day. I know you got food waiting, but, uh, it was a pleasure to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much guys. Later buddy. Later. Who we're picking. All right, Freed, we've got a very special who we're picking segment lined up today. Why don't you tell us about the madness we've got cooking up? We are mad. We've been in the lab mixing our booch, mixing our chemicals. And what did we pop out? A baby booch ball tournament. That's right, Alex, a baby booch ball tournament. We are doing this for you, the Boochies. ESPN Tournament Challenge. We have a group called Booch Ball. Join it, join the bracket, compete head-to-head with Boochies across the country and across the world. (laughs) 
across the world free this is incredible we've had listeners listen man our on spotify apparently we've had at least one listener in singapore Singapore. we've had a few listeners in europe Europe. all you international boochie and boocher mystery men tweet at us and let us know what's up and women understand what we're saying and especially the women actually we actually don't need to hear from the men the women and the non-binary folks we want to hear from them especially um and then if there's any space left we'll hear from the men as well exactly (laughs) so like we said bucci's worldwide join our group espn tournament challenge alex you want to tell them about the prize for the winner of this tournament i sure as hell do freed whoever comes in victorious in the booch ball bracket challenge We'll be getting a feature on the Booch Ball podcast. Not just a feature, also be provided with the Booch of the Week for your drinking and rating pleasures. We will give you the funds to head to Whole Foods, head to HEB. Or we could head order it on Amazon for chain. you. We could just send it. We That's right. It. Actually, I got this on, I got my Booch, Peak Laziness, Amazon Whole Foods, delivery, two hours. I don't have to leave my house to get booch anymore. However it's going to get to you, we will comp your booch and we're going to have you on the show. So for all of our boochies and boochers, whether you're a past guest or a potential future guest, let's all get in here to the booch ball bracket challenge. And ESPN is offering $10,000 in Amazon gift cards for the winner of their overall bracket. So if you happen to win the booch ball bracket, you're in the running for the overall thing too. If you knock it out of the park, one in a billion chance, perfect bracket could pay off for you. There you go, Freed. I'm so glad that we partnered with ESPN to create that. That was yeah, really something great like of that. us. So Freed, we started drinking the health aid pomegranate a little bit late into the episode. I've still got about maybe, I'm being generous if I'm saying I've got a third left here. I, I haven't a, drank much of this. Yeah, there's like half of it. So I don't know if I can just crank this whole thing and chug it out. I don't know if I would want to do that. Um, or should we? Is do it we tradition? Take, are we taking this to pound town? I don't know. Let's flip a coin. Let's flip a bottle cap. You okay. saying tops or bottoms? If it's tops, that means we have to drink it. If it lands closed, that means we don't have to. Tosses up. Tops. Oh, no, we have to drink it. All right, Freed. Hey, up, baby. All right, I'm, I'm going to do this in two chugs. I'm not in college anymore, dude, unlike Cal Friedman. This reminds me of getting iced, but it tastes way better. <laughs> All right, so are we ready for the sediment pick? Yeah, I, I totally drank this whole thing. I actually am about to finish it. All right, fine. I'll finish it. Hey, landed. Respect the bottle cap game, Freed. The kombucha gods wanted us to kill our booches. We're going to kill our booches. <laughs> kill your booches. Okay. You ready here, Freed? Oh, there he goes. All right. I'm going in for the kill. Whew. That's a way to start the day, huh? These bottles have a very small mouth. It is not easy to drink fast. Yeah, it's not very conducive. You kind of have to just like tilt it and like open up your throat as opposed to like putting your lips over it. 
Well, yeah, you need to leave an air pocket to get some of that air out. I mean, really, mm. you need to pour it into a glass and then you can drink it. But mm. I digress. We do digress. Do think? Well, Freed, tell us what you're thinking here about the health aid pomegranate. This was surprising, first of all. I didn't know what to think about this going in. I was thinking a little bitter, but this was one of the smoothest, sweetest kombuchas that I've ever had. It's definitely up there near the top of my list. I don't have a single bad thing to say about it. I'm actually going to rate this the highest kombucha that I've ever had on the show. Wow. I'm going 8.8. 8.8, Freed. Wow, that's incredible. So, Freed, I'm kind of with you here, brother. The Health Aid Kombucha pomegranate was not what I was expecting it to taste like. I still... I feel like we're doing a bad job of describing what it is that it tastes like, but it's very smooth. It's mild, but still has just enough of a kick of the flavor that I don't feel like I'm drinking straight kombucha because I've had straight kombucha before. And let me tell you, Freed, it's not as good as the fruity flavored ones or the ones with ginger roots in it. So this is probably the, the best tasting kombucha that hasn't had any ginger in it so freed i think we have a bit of a cinderella story going on here for the health aid pomegranate and how apropos during this week of march madness freed i am going to be giving this one of my highest scores of all time and that is a straight eight okay wow 12th episode the 12 seed pomegranate is advancing quickly through the brackets. It's safe to say that they're in the Elite Eight and they could be going higher. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we check in with the ETF Five Bot? How you doing over there, ETF Five Bot? You know, he's been off for a month and a half now. <laughs> it's true. You got to get him warmed up. All right, ETF Five Bot, do your thing here. Calculate the final score for the Health Aid Pomegranate. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. The ETF 5Bot has spoken with an average score of 8.4. Wow. Health Aid Pomegranate vaults into first place. Oh my goodness. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> Holy crap, an 8.4. Freed, who would no, have it's thought? Tough. Alex, it's really tough. It's hard to be consistent week in and week out with the scoring because there's so many factors outside of the booch, but that's just like sports, right? Exactly. You know, it's not the same game every single day. People have feelings. We have emotions. We can't take that out of the booch. I haven't had booch in a few weeks. This is the first booch out of my booch slumber and it was delicious. What am I supposed to do? Knock it down? Never. Freed, you got to put in the work in the off season. Okay. It's important that you put in that work. And even though we're in our off season here, Freed, we're still putting in the work. We're still killing booches. And you know what? It's that perseverance. It's that intensity to keep striving and keep fighting that ended up paying off for the health aid pomegranate kombucha in the end. Sure did. Well, you're already listening to this episode, so you know where to find us. But Booch just in case. Dot buzzsprout.com. It's where you can find all of our episodes. We're on Spotify, Boochball. 
We're on Apple Pods, Boochball. We're on Twitter, at Boochball. We're on Instagram. What's our Insta, Alex? Um, let me check. Oh, yeah, at Boochball. And don't forget, join our ESPN Tournament Challenge. Put a bracket in the contest. When you go into the Tournament Challenge page, click Join Group and search Boochball. Two words, Booch, B-O-O-C-H, B-A-L-L. Booch ball. And as always, stay cultured. Peace. Booch. We playing booch ball. Booch. We playing.